This podcast is brought to you exclusively by the Reality Check Podcast Network. All righty, ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, ladies, whether you're driving a Pinto or driving a Mercedes, sit down, sit up, what you're looking at, Buttercup, and welcome to the latest edition of Inspired with Christopher. That's right. I'm too tired to be wired. I'm too blessed to be stressed, but I must admit I'm too legit to quit. And I have a special guest tonight. That's right. Not only is he hands down one half of the greatest in uh wrestling podcast for interviews, but he's also part of a triple threat and he's also part of a big empire and that is mr john paz and i just want to say from the bottom of my heart john thank you so much brother for joining me and how are you doing tonight hey i'm doing pretty damn good thank you uh, for the great intro i appreciate it thank you yes sir like you're very very welcome now like the one thing that brings us all together is our love for pro wrestling now like the one thing that i always begin with uh when it comes to my guests uh, when it's related to our love like for wrestling is what caught your attention and what drug you into like the love for 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 the sport of wrestling because from listening to you you're basically a um, you're very similar to a Howard Finkel, uh, to where like, you're basically like a wrestling encyclopedia. Where did that all start for you? Well, probably mid eighties, somewhere around there, um, growing up just as soon as I saw Hulk Hogan and I had older cousins who, who had the, you know, the, the big Hogan poster and everything else. It was just Hulkster was definitely it for me. He just really grabbed me loved him from the moment i saw him I was like wow you know obviously larger than life almost a superhero-esque character just like a you know somewhat of a, of a god so so to speak uh in certain terms just one of those like guys you just immediately see like he had the charisma he had something about him that just completely catches you as a fan and as a kid you're like wow who is this huge guy who is this larger than life guy I, I need to know more about him, need to watch him. And then obviously you mix in a little bit of violence and what, you know, young, young man doesn't <laughs> love that too. Right. So, you know, you mix oh, in yeah. that with the Hulkster's charisma, uh, the way he talked, the way he walked, the way he pointed. I mean, everything that he did, I just absolutely loved the Hulkster and, and fell in love with Hulk Hogan for sure. Excellent. Excellent. Um, speaking of Hogan, which that I was listening to a podcast earlier, um, and they were speaking about Hulk Hogan's, uh, big influences and something that I never realized is that like the Hulk Hogan look was a mixture of, of, uh, superstar Billy Graham and Austin Idol. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and which 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 i never would have thought about the austin idol part but hey man um but memphis wrestling was a huge huge influence on so so many wrestlers now when it comes like to hogan and his matches what's your favorite hogan match of all time 
Ooh, there are so many Hogan matches I just absolutely love, and I feel like an underrated one for some crazy reason. WrestleMania Five versus Macho Man Randy Savage, I feel like is super underrated. I don't know why, kind of goes under the radar, but uh, mm. that's one of my favorite. I absolutely love that. Love. I mean, there's so many. Though. WrestleMania Six against Warrior. I love WrestleMania Seven against Slaughter. I mean, I even love WrestleMania Three against Andre. I mean, these are his big matches, and even other WrestleMania matches like The Rock at WrestleMania 18. I absolutely love it. I mean, there's so many. Great great kind of underrated Hogan matches that I love. I loved it. Uh, him versus uh, big boss man, Saturday night's main event in the, in the big blue cage. So there's so many oh, yeah. great Hog- Hogan matches, almost too many to name, but those are like the biggies that I always think of when I think of the Hulkster. I absolutely love uh, most of his matches. And I feel, I don't know why that savage match kind of uh, goes under the radar and it really, really shouldn't. Oh, and which th- that I, 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 I agree with you. 100 percent and one match that i was really like a fan of was wrestlemania 2 with king kong bundy and mm-hmm. uh and and uh for the, and for the listeners that don't know you very well you were personal friends with the human condominium now mm-hmm. uh would you happen to have any fun stories uh when it comes like the king kong bundy Oh yeah, he he is so much fun and and so great to be around, or he was so great to be around. He was so much fun. Uh, I just love kind of just being able to BS with him and stuff. The thing with him is, and I think people might surprise people, his recall and his memory was crazy. Like we saw um, Tim Horner um, a few years back at WrestleCade in, in Winston Salem in North Carolina, and he literally, as soon as he saw him, you could see he started to like get a little bit of a scowl. He started to get a little little bit like ticked off. I go, why? Uh, what's like what's going on what's wrong with tim horner he goes he ratted me out on a bus in 1984 <laughs> he told bill watts in mid-south and working territory together that i was late for the bus and the reason i was late and and watts got got pissed and i held up the bus like he literally remembered like stuff like that so he it, it just his recall and his memory was and stuff he would say would be just so funny he he'd just say a random thing about like tito santana about tito santana had like a crossword with him once and nothing crazy it was like something like a joke or something and he remembered it from a conversation they had so just his little like recall and his memory and stuff was just so crazy because you could literally just mention a guy to him and be like oh god 87 uh, i remember january you know and, and you'd be like wow bundy wow like you got a great memory and stuff and i love that he really loved the hulkster too which was pretty cool because he kind of said hulkster really kind of put him on the map and you know got him booked in japan and he really put him on the map and main evented against him in WrestleMania 2. So it was just really kind of cool to reminisce about Hogan and him being a big Hogan lover, at, you know, obviously as as was I. Now, do you think Bundy was one of those characters where he was so over that he did not need a belt? Or do you think that he rightfully or uh, 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 undeservingly didn't get a proper run like with the WWE title? I think at that point in time, it was kind of Hogan or bust. Like I can't really see Bundy as a world champion. I see him as an awesome challenger, like that guy that's just going to kind of almost win it or really give Hulk a scare and give all Hulk's fans a real big scare. But as far as winning the title, I don't know. At that point in time, I feel like Hogan, not that he needed it, but he was carrying the company and he was the, the golden child and he was the star. He should have been the champion. I just thought Bundy was better suited for that challenger role, that, that role where he's going to scare the champion, almost beat him, come within an inch and then lose. But, um, 
Could I have seen him as WBF champion? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Especially because okay. he was such a huge, huge star. But I feel like he didn't need it um, at that point. And Hogan was the perfect guy to run with the belt. Oh, yeah. And which I think like with King Kong, uh, he was a pioneer uh, that paved the way for, I mean, um, first, I mean, first and foremost, it was Andre, then mm-hmm. King Kong, then the big show, and now Braun Strowman. And like just, he pay, um, uh, He was one of like the uh, glass breakers, so so to speak, for for like the stigma that like the big man got that oh yeah like like they're big they're slow like they can't tell like a great story and King Kong, for his size, was extremely um, very light on his feet. As mm-hmm. crazy as that sounds, yeah, yeah. so. Uh, so um and um now when it comes to um things like uh m- modern wrestling as compared to uh like the golden era um do what do you think what's going on you have john wangland one of the hosts of wrestling with reality check out our shows this week on wrestling with reality we have some great shows we have our mma show we look at is Khabib Namagamadov versus George St. Pierre a reality? Why John Jones is such a disgrace to the UFC? We also have on WCW Monday Nitro Watch Along, and we take a look back at Triple H in his 25-year career in the WWE. So check out Wrestling with Reality on all major podcast outlets. Are you interested in spirituality and the paranormal? Do you enjoy having conversations about social issues and current events with a balanced and spiritual perspective? Are you intrigued by ancient prophecies and mysteries of the past or just unraveling modern-day conspiracy theories? If so, I would like to invite you to come on a journey with me on my show, The Spirit Side. Available on all the major podcast platforms. I'm Paul James Caden, and I hope to see you there. They're 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 doing right, and what do you think they could work on? Well, I feel like things are doing right. Not much, to be honest. Right now, they're they're you know they're really struggling. Obviously, the ratings are uh, the worst than ever. I mean, you could blame the pandemic, but it was going way way downhill as it was almost before this whole thing started. But right now, I, I can't even really think of too many things they're really doing right or, or the right thing. Uh, maybe some of these cinematic style matches are starting. Maybe catch some, you know, some, some, not some grief, but maybe starting to, they're going a little over the top on some of these cinematic, cinematic matches, excuse me. Uh, the Boneyard match was great, but then kind of this money in the bank match, I think it was just a little bit, uh, teetering on just completely too silly too kind of just crazy you know random run-ins doink pops in brother love pops in this guy it's just maybe they're going too far with it Uh, i'd love to see them kind of maybe get a little bit more serious and not do so many skits i know it's hard right now because there's no audience but can we do less of like the basketball skits and that stuff can we get down to maybe making the belt more important and making guys um I don't know, more larger than life. It's harder. It's almost harder to do, easier to say. But, you know, Strowman is huge. He's a monster. How can you make him larger than life and not so human, so to speak? You know, like, how could you do some? It's it's just little things. I feel like maybe The Fiend, they're on that way of making him like a larger than life, cool character, somebody you were interested in. And then had Goldberg beat him and then they kind of, you know, teetered him out. So it's one of those things where it's like, man, creatively, uh, they need some sort of jolt. 
they need something, you know, like um, when he had the new generation era going into that kind of really a bad period in WWF, obviously Russo comes in, you have the attitude era completely changes everything around and, and the rest mm -hmm. is history. They almost need that kind of injection again, where they get somebody in to creative that can do something a little different. Cause right now, whatever they're doing clearly isn't working is too much comedy, too much like goofing around too much to the guy being 50, 50 booking, meaning they'll win one week they'll lose the next, they'll win, they'll lose. It's just, they're not creating stars right now. And then they creatively, they're really kind of stifled. Now I and which you are you are like a thousand percent right on the ball like with that and uh for me um which watching money in the bank I literally fast forward through the majority of like the pay-per-view um mm -hmm. it was yep. and like for me I'm like your typical WWE fan where where based out of habit that's why I watch it and which it's so bad now that I have to fast forward through it. And it's sad because maybe three, four, five years ago, that wasn't as frequent. And now week by week by week, it's like there's nothing to watch and no offense, but I could care less about watching Selena Vega's uh, uh, her group with with a bunch of no names that aren't over and like god bless drew mcintyre he's he, mm -hmm. he, he he's very very talented but he's in a terrible spot right now because he's pretty much in like a no win situation and mm -hmm. which i think if they had crowds and better writing Drew would Drew would be ratings period uh, because he has everything, but um, now and you you talk about Braun okay Braun mm -hmm. they have they have brought him up down up down yep. up down yep. so too many much, times too much that booking yep exactly. Yep, uh, so many times that you cannot believe him being a threat no more. And it's kind of like with the big show, okay? Like the big show first came in in 1999, St. Valentine's Day Massacre. He threw Stone Cold through that cage. He was a monster. And I kid you not, within a month at WrestleMania 15, like the day after, they called him off. And this is kind of like, are you kidding me? You had the potential to make the next Andre the Giant. But that man has had so many heel and face turns that it's a meme now. Uh, but uh, but no. Um, but no, like the bigger monsters are crucial to the storytelling and to the believability to what you're trying to do. Because I'm not a fan of watching somebody that looks like my next door neighbor. Mm -hmm. I mean. It, because wrestling, I want to su su suspend my disbelief and escape for a few hours. But like just lately, uh, uh, that's just not the case. Now, um, something that I must say is that uh, one of like my personal favorite podcasts, uh, which in my opinion is the best wrestling podcast for interviews is the two-man power trip of wrestling. Thank um, you. Thank you. Yes, sir. Uh, you and your partner, Chad. Um, something that baffles me, 
is how do you guys get contracted WWE wrestlers? Because most people cannot get those guys and you guys get them. And that speaks to the respect that the community has for you guys. So, I mean, um, which I don't want you like to spill the beans, but I mean, just you guys have some ways about you that can, that really, that really, that really, really make like a big, big difference in, in making like the podcast experience better for like the wrestling fans. Now, um, when did you, uh, decide that you wanted to get into podcasting it's probably well first of all thank you for such such uh, kind words there about the show really appreciate that thank you very much um, yes sir and and some of those WB guys trust me it's not WB helping us out either trust me on that uh, they, okay. they sometimes sometimes they're not that good uh, to, to like their PR department and uh, but there it's good to have uh, some friends over there and, and some other friends to to help you out get those interviews for sure I mean uh, we've had great ones and been pretty lucky to get them there's no doubt about that uh as far as getting in it was probably about five years ago or so um yeah. we decided we wanted again we were hearing some other podcasts uh kind of didn't really like what we were hearing for the most part and was like man like not to sound like uh mean or anything but it's like man i didn't like what i'm hearing here or whatever so it's like oh, i wish i could do that you know like i wish i could interview that guy you know i they, like you know not that they missed out on stuff it's just a maybe they were unprofessional with the guest or whatever reason they was we were just like listening it's like man I, and and i always loved wrestling i wanted to talk to wrestlers i always wanted to learn more i always listen to shoot interviews watch shoot interviews so it's one of those things where i always kind of had an aspiration to be talking to these guys i'm such a big fan as well so it's like man i want to ask them some questions maybe that they didn't hear before they didn't get before or maybe just some questions to hear it for myself and get the answer for myself so really five years ago, it was almost like a little bit over five years now. We're just like, man, we could do this and we could just do it on our own and we could see you know, what we can accomplish and who we can get on the show. We never kind of thought of huge, huge names. It's just kind of like dreams or aspirations. But slowly but surely, as we started kind of picking up steam, we, you know, we, we you know, landed Dusty. Dusty Rhodes was huge for us. Uh, landed DDP. He was huge for us. Kane. Guy Glenn Jacobs was huge, and then just kind of kept the ball rolling from there, and we just uh, haven't stopped since. I mean, we're coming up on 450 interviews very, very soon. 450 episodes, not really interviews per se, because we've probably done over 500 plus the feature episodes. But our flagship is coming up on 450 episodes, which that is such a huge accomplishment. Because honestly, like the majority of podcasts don't even last past 50 episodes. So, I mean, right. you guys are doing a fantastic job. And plus, on top of that, uh, you guys have the Triple Threat podcast with mm -hmm. the franchise Shane Douglas. Um, and, like, the thing that I love about Shane Douglas, which it's very similar, like, to Vince Russo, they have no filter, and they're mm -hmm. nothing but just blatant truth and honesty and like the thing is is maybe that explains why both the gentlemen are blackballed from like the wrestling uh like the uh, major wrestling companies but you know what i think that if those companies were to listen to shane and vance more they'd be a lot better off because they would know maybe maybe instead of me being in like my little wrestling bubble and just having all these yes men saying, yes, yes, Mr. McMahon. Oh, that is just <laughs> wonderful. That's great. And they were to listen to people 
that see it from both sides, maybe they can better their product. And I think Shane would be a wonderful person when it when it comes to doing like storylines. Um, yep. But from what I hear, uh, Shane and Vince McMahon don't. They're not very, very close at the moment. So, yeah. <laughs> no, no, nor, nor were they ever. Um, there is a story where they did see each other not too long ago. And I always think it's funny. People are like, oh, Vince doesn't remember who Shane is and stuff like that. Well, here's some stories uh, from not that long ago where they kind of ran into each other and Vince um, wasn't very pleasant to him. Uh, let's just say, or they kind of they didn't have words or anything, but you could tell there's some friction when they when they saw each other. Um, you know that Vince remembers him and, and doesn't like him. I'm sure he hears Shane over the years saying all the things that he said, uh, said about him. But there's no way, obviously, that they're going to hire him and him to be in creative. But if you listen to Shane, I mean, he is he's. he's Super, super smart. I mean, he knows this business inside and out. He's been in the business for, God, 35, 40 years almost. He knows everything. He's just studied under Dominic Danucci, who's in the business forever. He just Genius. knows his stuff. Yep, yep. He just knows his stuff. And he's obviously more traditional, more old school, but he's got some new school in him as well. And he's just one of those guys where he's going to straight chew. He's not going to say bullshit. But you're right. If WWE does something stupid and obviously makes it to TV, it's just yes men saying to Vince, like, oh, yeah, great idea, great idea. Shane would would rip it apart and say, this is horrible. What are you doing? You know, they don't want that honesty. They they can't deal with that. And and Russo, I'm sure, would, would be the same way. And I'm sure he was in the past with Vince, with uh, being honest about what's good for TV, what's bad for TV, what's the, the casual fan going to like, what, you know, what's going to really kind of get ratings and what are people really going to be interested in. It's weird. Eh? Does Vince McMahon just want yes men? It looks like it because he's not doing anything. He brought back Bruce Pritchard, who's an old favorite, and he's heading up SmackDown, and you know traditionally known as as a bit of a yes man. So it's just weird, um, kind of what they're doing right now, and not really caring creatively. If they really did care, you know, a guy like maybe not Shane himself, but a guy like Shane or a guy like Russo, if if not them themselves, would be great. Now, um, there was a gentleman that worked right under Vince in TNA, uh, Matt Conway. Mm -hmm. Um, would you happen to know whether he's still in like the wrestling business or not? Yeah, he's one of the writers for NWA with uh, Billy Corgan down there in uh, uh, Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia. So he's helping them out writing. I don't know if he's the head writer, but I know he's one of the writing staff of, with them. And they're doing a really good job, NWA. I mean, before the pandemic, obviously, they were doing a great job. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, then th that explains like the show being so good because that has the Russo, uh, like the Russo fingerprints on it. Um. And like, um, I, 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 and like, uh, speaking of Shane, um, which, which, uh, which I come from, uh, -oh, which I, uh, which that I currently live in Myrtle beach, South Carolina right now, but I'm originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, oh, and nice. I come, oh yeah. And, and I come from a town called center township, which is right next. Well, okay. Okay. It, like the like the Manaka uh center township and it's right near new brighton which you know that mm -hmm. which you know that that's the franchise's hometown mm -hmm. and yep. and uh and um 
one of like my greatest r- wrestling memories was with my father. Uh, we went to the CCBC Golden Dome, um, and at XPW was running a show there, and just uh, my father was uh, he's ex- he was extremely. Uh, what's the word very very quiet not very very out outspoken when it comes to going like to sporting shows and things like that and like and i kid you not these like like the franchise and just incredible match he literally got my dad out of his seat screaming just cheering him nice so yeah, and like that right there, like that, like that, that, that like was just such an awesome memory, and like for that, I will always be grateful, like for Shane, um, and awesome. um, nice. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and um, and uh, speaking of wonderful things, uh, for the fans that haven't heard, uh. My last show with Chad, the the uh, other half of the two man power trip and one third of the triple threat. Um, uh, like the main reason why that I'm such a big fan of these guys is that literally um, that that I struggle with a mental a mental problem called bipolar manic depression. Um, and there was a time where I was having marriage troubles. God, like my stutter's going to best me tonight. Um, marriage troubles. I was having just struggles like with work. I was just down and down in the dumps. And I literally, was to the point where where I tried to kill myself um and I kid you not the very next day after I got out of the hospital and by the grace of God I survived the first podcast that I heard it was a two-man power trip of wrestling and their guest was Vince Russo and Me being a typical um, dirt sheet mark, like 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 I was, I I followed what Cornette said, what Bischoff said, what all the fans said, and said that Russo killed WCW. Russo was a cancer on wrestling. Russo this and Russo that. Fake Christian. And then I listened to your show, John, and I heard Russo in a different light. And I gave him a shot. And through that, I started to listen to Vince's shows. And I was listening to like my favorite show from him. It's called That's Life. Mm -hmm. And and that right there, um, Vince speaking to me through that. Vince using that show as a vessel from God for that. That saved me from wanting to kill myself again. And that, and that really helped get 
my head on straight and focused on what's important with family, with work, just finding a bigger purpose in life. And John, all because of you and Chad doing that show, it led to all that. So thank you. I'm so grateful. Wow. I mean, that's very, very powerful stuff. And I'm glad, obviously, you're doing a hell of a lot better. I mean, thank God. Um, that, yes, that, that's uh, very, very intense, very powerful stuff. I mean, i glad that we were able to do that for you. And obviously, from the grace of God, thank God we were able to do that. And it's interesting yes, you, meant, you mentioned, you know, at first you didn't like Russo and then you listened to him. So that's good. You know, you gave him a chance. And obviously, mm-hmm. you know, now you see what he's all about and you like him. I mean, that, that's a good, a good thing, too. A nice little learning thing, not to take everything what somebody else says about somebody, but you got to kind of learn and figure it out on your own. Oh, yeah. And it's very, very true. And like not to judge a book by its cover and something that i'm gonna do is make a shirt saying that pro wrestling saves lives and that's a prime example right there mm-hmm. and, and 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 like straight up um just with like with like with you guys um you i mean just you never quite know like the power that your words have until something like that happens now um do you have a favorite podcast that you like to listen to that inspires you that uh really really gets you going in like the right direction for that moment that day or that week not really anything that inspires me, just something to kind of entertain me and kind of keep me, uh, you know, in, in not a, in a jovial mood, but it, it gets me in a good mood. I mean, I, I, I do. I mean, I love castrating the marks. I always listen to the castrating the marks. I love disco. I always listen to, you know, every Friday when disco comes out. Uh, I yep. do like Bischoff. I do like 83 weeks. I do listen to Cornette. Uh, I like his show. Um, so there's there's a couple. Oh, of course, um, the Orange Show. Arn Anderson, love him. Oh God, um, yes. Just he might actually that might be one of my favorites. But uh, those really are kind of the main ones that I just really kind of my go tos. And of course, I mean it's always wrestling. I love wrestling, obsessed with uh, wrestling. So it's usually Arn Bischoff, obviously uh, a couple of Russo shows mixed in with a little disco and um, Bischoff too and Cornette. And I must say, like with the Bischoff shows lately, like with him speaking about uh, TNA, uh, mm-hmm. those have actually been like my favorite shows so yeah. far. Very good. Very entertaining. I'm actually yes. surprised they kind of went in depth with some of that stuff because there was that lawsuit with Bischoff and TNA at some point. So I didn't know how much you know he was going to actually talk about TNA. So it was kind of cool the fact that they – are going into that and he does delve into that because he's very passionate about it and not enjoying a lot of his time in TNA. And like, the thing is, is that something that I notice is that Bischoff and Russo are so similar. Yeah. Um, big time. Do you now, do you think th- that if they were able to put their differences aside that, and they were a- 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 able to stick it out in TNA that the company would be um, maybe on par like with the WWE or maybe on like the level of a a a e e e w right now. 
It's hard to say because it's funny, like thinking about it. Because obviously WCW, they couldn't work together. Yeah. TNA, they, I mean, they really couldn't work. So it's kind of it's like hard to think about it. But two great minds. I mean, Bischoff's <laughs> the only guy ever to hey. beat Vince, Vince McMahon. He's a huge, huge, you know, great uh, guy in the business to look at and say, man, like, how did this guy knock McMahon off the perch? Nobody knocked the McMahon. Not Vince's dad. Not Vince. I mean, nobody was knocking WWF off the perch and Bischoff was able to do that. So, I mean, obviously there's something about him in the business and he understands certain things. So he has some sort of magic in him to do it. And obviously Russo with the attitude error and all the huge ratings he was able to get, even TNA, he was able to get huge ratings for them. If you look at it now, you know, TNA would kill for those kind of ratings. It's just insane. He's getting 1 million and 2 million per week average. So it's just one of those things like, man, if they could have, Kind of coexist, maybe, but in my mind, I just can't ever think of them coexisting just because of WCW and TNA. I was never able to kind of happen for them. I got you. And you look at TNA now, and it's I literally a shell, and mm-hmm. yep. that's and that's being nice um, of it of what it used to be. Um, I think they get maybe. 30 to 40,000 viewers a week now, something like that. I mean, it's sad. Like, yeah. But it's like Bischoff said, you can only screw up so many times before you, like, your mistakes ruin you. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what happened. And now, do you think that if Billy Corgan would have bought, TNA that they would be in better shape than what they are now. Hard to say, but I would, I would just naturally, the first thing that pops in my head is yes, definitely. But it, you know, it's hard to say sometimes And the landscape, can you get the right TV deal? Can you do this? Can you do that? I just think that he is a great mind for the business and I love the NWA product. So I want to lean towards definitely yes but you never know if they if they lose that tv deal you know the whole spike thing went down and you know dixie screwed that up and you know it it is kind of hard to say if they would have rebounded but in my like mind i'm thinking man if he was still there they wouldn't have lost a spike deal they would have just you know they would have been thankful that they got rid of dixie it was a lot of kind of question marks as far as that but i, I would just tend to think yes okay okay and um Speaking of like the whole Spike TV deal and everything else, um, as you know, uh, there like were people that like were running their mouths about Russo uh, being a um, what's the word? Uh, he was a uh, consultant. A, yes, uh, for the company, and I think it was uh, Brian. Crap, I'm bad like with Dirty Riders names. Was it Brian Johnson? Mike that- Johnson. Mike Johnson, uh, he was the one like that leaked like the like leaked like the report about it. Now, what's your views on dirt sheet writers? Uh, there's a place for them for sure. I actually am friendly with Mike Johnson. I actually, which is funny that he's on cash in the marks all the time, but uh, I actually very friendly with him. Uh, I always like talking to him. I think there is a place for those guys. I love the fact that, you know, you got somebody covering wrestling and they're, you know, treating it with, I mean, you could say they're treating it like it's real, real sport. I mean, I love that, that aspect of it. Like we're really getting real news and kind of real stories. There is a point though, where some of the guys are just making up bullshit and making up rumors or they're getting rumors second and third hand that kind of 
reporting stuff I hate because the rumors are like, all right, we, we don't know if that's true or not. And if, if you're really getting it from a second and third hand, does that person have a, a, a certain narrative that they're trying to push? Do they have an agenda maybe? And they're telling this person and, you know, they're basically lying to, to the guy, but the guy is trusting them and respecting them and they're, they're reporting it. So there is like a fine line between uh, I love what they do. And then the rumor part, I hate like Meltzer. I feel like uh, who, who I like, I just think he's great at the facts reporting the numbers, the historical facts. I mean, all this great stuff. And then it comes to the point where he, where you start putting the opinions and the rumors in there. Then I start taking that. Like, it's like, okay, I could do without the opinions for the most part. I could do without the rumors. I love the factual stuff and, and the reporting and stuff like that. Sometimes um, the spoilers kind of, I mean, I, it's like here or there where they kill the business stuff, but sometimes it's like, is that really necessary? Do we need spoilers? Um, can't, you know, shouldn't we just kind of enjoy wrestling and kind of just kind of watch it? Like, I wouldn't want to know, like, oh, Game of Thrones. I was like, oh, what happens to the finale? I wouldn't want to know beforehand. It's just like any other show on TV. I don't want to be spoiled. So there's a, I think there's a place for them, and I think that most of them, for the most part, are good. And if you listen to Mike Johnson, he tells the, the true story about what happened with um, T.A. And, and losing that deal with Spike, he actually tells you the facts and, and of the matter. And he went and he found out it was Dixie was the reason they lost that. Nothing to do with Russo. So yes, he did find out Russo was the consultant and he kind of broke that thing. And I know there was that whole fiasco about it, but he's the one that told the truth in the matter and told everyone that, hey, it wasn't Russo is not the reason they lost the Spike deal. It was actually Dixie. Okay. Okay. Which that, which I was not aware of that actually. See, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, that's why we ask questions so um oh, yeah. now um when it comes to um uh okay okay uh Meltzer I which I'm kind of torn with because um just I don't know I, he plays favorites towards things like AEW New Japan and it seems like he craps all over the WWE no matter what now, do you see that bias with him, or do you think he's a a, a fair with all of them? You know, I used to think he was more fair, but as this AEW thing kept growing and growing, and the Young Bucks thing and Omega, it, there's a huge bias there. I, I kind of, I mean, I'm not like turned off to it or anything. I still like him, and I obviously still mm-hmm. pay attention to Observer and, and kind of what he's putting out there and stuff. But it, I do take a lot of the stuff with AEW and his star ratings with a grain of salt for sure. Like giving Kenny Omega all these six star matches, and you're like buddy buddy with him. That kind of stuff is 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 too much for me to be honest. I mean, I do think Omega is a good wrestler, but let's not go crazy. Um, <laughs> you know, let's not cr- uh, christen him the greatest of all time or anything like that. Let's not go too crazy on that. Um, sometimes you'll see things where he, uh, like there'll be a mistake in the match. And he always said, if there's a mistake in the match, he can't give it a five star, but then you notice if it's one of the guys he likes, he'll give it a five star. So there is definitely bias. I am not liking some of the AEW reporting. There's not, hasn't been enough, uh, like the negative stuff, like the, the booking and stuff. There's some mm-hmm. helter skelter booking with them going on and you could tell it's not the same person booking each thing like somebody must be booking uh, the women somebody's booking the tag division so they're inconsistent in so many ways but he'll never kind of come out there and say it so that part of it i i do kind of get a little annoyed by i wouldn't say pissed off or anything but you just kind of get annoyed it's like oh man he really is kind of uh 
ripping WWE hard and AEW just did that same thing last week and he had no problem with it. So yeah, to a point, it's almost like, okay, AEW isn't the greatest thing ever. I like it. I enjoy it. It's not the greatest thing ever. And WWE, while I, I have not been enjoying it, isn't maybe the worst thing ever. It's not great, but maybe it's not the worst thing ever. So I feel like there's definitely some bias on his part. That's true. That's true. And, um, which, uh, while there's not many great things that are going on, like with the, with the WWE right now, um, my favorite wrestler, uh, he is actually, he debuted last week for NXT. Uh, he goes by killer cross. Um, but the WWE is calling him carrion cross. Um, now what was your feelings on his debut? And do you think he has the potential to be like a WrestleMania main eventer. Hey everyone, this is Stan Wangler from Just Thinking. Stop on by this week and listen to some of the great podcasts we have lined up for you. Two in particular are really good shows. One is called Are We Driving Ourselves Insane? Well, are we? And the next one is called Have You Been Having a Bad Day? Did You Have a Bad Day? Well, if you did, this is the show for you. And I bet you, when you get done listening, you'll feel a lot better. So join us. Did you really think it was just guys that like to discuss and analyze wrestling? I'm here to tell you there's a new chick in town. My name is Sunny Salem, and I am the host of That's What She Said. Get a female perspective of all the ins and outs of the wrestling business today. But don't worry, this isn't no prissy princess show. I hold nothing back. Check out That's What She Said on all major streaming platforms. Absolutely was dying to see him debut for, for a while. I feel like, wow, why did it debut this guy? He's so ready for TV. But, but <coughs> excuse me, uh, his debut was awesome. I love the entrance. Obviously, uh, Scarlett, I mean, you just look at her, you can tell uh, <laughs> she is TV ready. She's just a beautiful girl. She's mixed in perfectly with him. The music is perfect. The smoke is perfect. The Everything. <coughs> excuse me. Oh, Sorry about that. Uh, just everything is just absolutely perfect with um, Cross. I just think he is a, a main eventer in the making. He's got the look. He's got the ability. He's got the size. Um, she mixed in with him. It's just like a perfect package together. Uh, I just think everything went right with the debut. I think he is literally a can't miss. He's not even a prospect, but just a can't miss wrestler for them. And if they screw this up, I mean, I would, I would be not shocked because they've screwed up other things before, but it's one of those things where like, he's almost impossible to kind of screw up because he just, you just love him. I mean, you just look at him like he's old school pro wrestler. T tough guy, believable. He looks like he could kick somebody's ass. He he legitimately could kick somebody's ass. He's a legit tough guy. So he's just almost a throwback in a sense where it's like, yeah, he's like the guys of the you know the eighties and nineties where he's a no nonsense uh, shit uh, shit kicker. You know he he'll kick ass. Um, he would just um, definitely should be a top star. There's just no doubt about it. I loved everything about the debut. I love everything about him, and I think that he is just. Uh, a star in the making in NXT, and I think he should be a star in WWE very, very soon. Now, um, do you think he's wasting his time down in the third brand? 
It's weird because I used to kind of think that, but now that they're on TV and they're on USA, it's one of those things where it's like people can kind of get familiar with him. And when he does make his debut, more people will know who he is immediately rather than them be like, oh, who is this guy? He looks great. You know, blah, blah. They'll like immediately know who he is because he was in NXT. So I was originally kind of against some of those guys starting there, but now I'm starting to think that actually might be better for them kind of in the long run and, and for the WB audience yeah, that may not know TNA, they may not know Impact Wrestling, or they may not know him from the indie scene, that if they yeah. see him like, oh my God, that's crossed from NXT, he may get a bigger reaction, which could lead to a bigger push right away for him. Okay, okay. And uh, which I could see that uh, because, I mean, there are certain stars like a- a- AJ Styles, which he 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 uh, 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 already had that name mm-hmm. recognition Absolutely. yep uh so i mean yeah like with him that's an exception but 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 like the cross if you're not familiar like with the with with like tna or with mexico it's kind of hard to know who the guy is so yes i see where like you're coming from um now like for me you might think i'm crazy but he kind of reminds me of like a modern day Sid Vicious um, to where he's a can't miss guy. He, he's got the look and just he is just a a pure badass. Um, and like there's people that, 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 that are going to listen to this and think Sid Vicious, he sucked. People don't realize that man was ratings. Um, and he just had a look about him. Um, and now one thing that makes us fans is not just the action, but, 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 but like the way, like the characters come to the ring. And, uh, so John music that's a massive part of pro wrestling because to me, there's no form of entertainment in the whole world that has soap opera, a rock show, a sporting event, all wrapped up into one more than pro wrestling. Now, mm-hmm. uh, and now, uh, now, like for you, what is your favorite theme music from pro wrestling? Like, uh, name off some songs that you like, and as soon as you hear it, it fires you up. Hey, speaking of Sid, he used to love his uh, WWF theme. Actually, his WCW theme was really good, too. Uh, yes, Sid, you're right. Sid can't miss. Sid is one of those guys you walk into a room, if he walked into a room, like, holy shit, you know, massive guy. Like, who is that guy? Like, he's got star power. But uh, theme music, love Real American Hogan. Um, I love when he came out to, um, obviously, a Voodoo Child as well in WCW. Love the NWO theme. I love every theme Sting ever had. Uh, his original th- uh, theme, then the man called Sting theme, then the Crow Sting. I mean, I loved all those. Uh, Rick Flair, his theme is just epic. Love the Four Horsemen theme, so good. Maybe one of my favorite might be the Midnight Express theme. I just absolutely love that one too. Um, Russo had a great um, theme, Ozzy Osbourne esque theme in WCW, which was cool. I love Bischoff's theme. Man, there's just so many Steiner Brothers. Obviously, the Road Warriors. Uh, even LOD, obviously, WWF. 
man, there's so many good ones. Um, I feel like I can, might be able to go on all day. There's so many of them. They get you pumped up, you know, macho man, Jake, the snake, man, there's oh, so yes. many good wrestling themes. And I think, um, a E E W they're doing like a really good job, like with their theme songs as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. You, I mean, and like the thing is, is that uh, like the Jake, like the Jake the Snake theme, um, which I heard it about like a month and a half ago. Um, it, it was very, very similar to uh, like his old theme. So like that right there, it just got me mm-hmm. pumped up and just and for and for like the younger fans. If you want to watch somebody that is a master of psychology and doing a promo, watch Shake the Snake Roberts. He is a phenomenal psychologist. Um, and it's yep. crazy because he doesn't do that much in the ring, but he has a crowd in the palm of his hands for every single move. And you speak about someone that doesn't need a championship belt. He's a prime example of that. Yes. Hundred percent. Always love Jake the Snake. Such a great promo. Even now, his promos and what he does in AEW is so good. Even to the fact of when he walks in the ring, he does these little intricacies and these little things. And even uh, last week when he put the snake on Brandy, if you watch the way he acted, yep. the way he laid there, the way he looked at her, the way he like, he basically humped her at one point. Just like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you just look yeah. at him like every aspect of psychology and messing with somebody and, and just doing things the right way and getting a certain crowd reaction. He was just the absolute master of it. One of the yep. greatest promos, if not the greatest promo guy of all time. I mean, just, yeah. he's definitely in the conversation. Love, love Jake the snake. Um, my favorite of all time would probably have to be Roddy Piper. Um, he's a that. phenomenal promo, uh, him, dusty Rick flair, Arn Anderson is extremely uh, 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 under a, a appreciated for like his promos. Uh, Daniel Tosh might, disagree like with me on that and and if do you know what i'm talking about john like the feud like with daniel tosh and uh yes. arn anderson <laughs> yeah for some reason daniel tosh uh years ago he had an issue with arn anderson and now arn not you know free of wbf and wwe he could finally strike back against daniel tosh i just think that's yep. so funny daniel tosh must have as a young fan must have hated arn he must have went to the show and obviously arn was being the heel and and being the big villain he probably hated arn and remembered him ever since but that is so funny i just love that i love when yeah. you know pro wrestling gets put into mainstream like that very cool Oh yeah. And like, for me, um, I was, uh, speaking of, speaking of like the mainstream stuff, um, watching YouTube and one of like the buildups to like the first WrestleMania, it was Hulk Hogan. He went on a sh- well, which I forgot like the guy's name, but he put like the host in, in a sleeper and the guy fell back and he busted he busted like his head open um i can't think of the guy's name though crap but but yeah um that and then there was the thing with david schultz uh him slapping john stossel uh what's your view on the dark side of the ring uh series love it Absolutely love it so far. Uh, that was pretty cool when Hogan choked out Belzer and obviously Belzer falls Belzer, and hits his head. It. Yeah. Um, Belzer obviously sued them and got a pretty good amount of money. 
um, out of that. Stossel obviously sued them as well, and you kind of learn from that episode that he was bullshitting, you know, and he got got a good good amount of money, two hundred eighty k from them for that. But I just I loved every episode of Dark Side of the Ring so far. Uh, I feel like they really kind of maybe uh, give you some stories that you may know, but they always give you that extra detail or go a little bit more in depth or get an interview with somebody that you may not think you'd be able to get in an interview, like getting John Stossel. He may be a prick, but you know you get him on the show. That's pretty damn cool and pretty awesome yeah. that they get his side of the story and get him on the show. Um, obviously, tracking down Eddie Mansfield and Dr. David Schultz was cool. Um, if if you, if you look coming up, they get Martha Hart, of, of all people. Owen Hart's wife is going to be on the show. Really? So, I mean, they, yeah, yeah, uh, next week. So, I mean, they really go above and beyond, and they get really great stuff. I mean, Gino Hernandez, they had his mother on the show, and they were interviewing his mother. So, I mean, they really – I mean, they do such a great job at that show, and they really, you could tell, are, are fans too, so they enjoy what they're doing, and that kind of – I think that comes off on the screen, but that they really – love wrestling and they're not trying to disrespect it. Yes, they are telling you the dark side, but they, you know, they treat it with respect and they, they, they love wrestling and they treat it as such. And I feel like that the series is, has been great. I there's not one episode that I haven't liked. Yes. Uh, the series has been fantastic. My favorite, like was a brawl for all, but something that I noticed is that, okay. You have all these people blaming Russo for the idea for the Brawl for All, but no one brings up the fact that Vince McMahon was the one that had the final say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, because I personally think that those guys want their last 15 minutes of fame with Vince McMahon, so that's why they will never trash him. Um, I think Jim Cornette, he's a prime example of that, and don't get me wrong. Jim Cornette, in my opinion, is the second greatest manager of all time, right behind Bobby the Brain Heenan. But he does have an agenda. And I and which I mean, which I don't want you to get in like to no trouble, like with with agreeing me, with me on that. But like, in my opinion, he does. And which it's sad. And and I think like with Cornette, life is way too short for him like to hold grudges. And I think he just needs to forgive Rousseau and move on. Um, and I think both of the gentlemen, they just need like to talk to one another. They need to agree to disagree, shake hands and move on. Because I know like for me personally, one thing that I hate to live with is regret. And just, I don't know, man. Uh, Do you think I'm crazy for thinking that or what? Well, as far as the brawl for all, they definitely, a lot of them did blame Russo, but it's one of those things where he, you know, we do, we did a show. It's on uh, Russo brand. It's on uh, especially YouTube all about it and how it's he'll pitch 40 ideas. It's Vince makes the final call. Vince McMahon, that is, makes the final call. He has the final say. So if Vince McMahon didn't like the brawl for all, we would have never saw it. We never heard heard of it. He would have just threw it in the gar- bar garbage or never taken the idea from Russo. So it's one of those things where, yeah, it might be easier, convenient or to blame Russo for whatever reason. But obviously it's Vince McMahon that, is given the the thumbs up to it 
and putting the rules on it and, and putting the guys together for it. Russo just came up with the idea. He didn't come up with the rules or who's in it or, or, you know, he didn't pick anybody he wanted to win. Maybe he wanted JBL to lose, but there's nobody that he mm. you know, wanted to win or anything like that. Uh, we, we talked about it. He thought the Godfather would win it. So, I mean, it's just one of those things. It's like, he didn't really put too much thought into other than, Oh, it would be cool to see who really won. And Vince McMahon is like obsessed with seeing who is tough. And you hear the stories of him wrestling angle and wrestling Lesnar and wrestling the road warriors, trying to see who's tough. And he wants to see who the toughest guy is and he wants to fight. So McMahon was probably loving it that these guys were going to kill each other and going to fight and (laughs) going to, you know, really see who the toughest guy in the locker room is and that sort of thing. So, I mean, bottom line, it's Vince McMahon. It's, it's, he's making the call at the end of the day. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And like, for me, uh, one of like the craziest stories, that I heard like with Vince is that him, Jim Neidhart and Bret Hart were, they were in like a strip club or a nightclub or something like that. Or wait, like a hotel bar. I forgot what it was. And Vince, um, told the gentleman to do their finishing move on him. So like the heart foundation did the heart attack on Vince McMahon on a very very hard floor and vince <laughs> got up and was just laughing about it mm-hmm. i'm sorry but i would say vince thanks buddy but no thanks because i don't want to take the chance of getting fired but yeah yeah if you heard him you're probably fired yep exactly yep yep now um before like we m- 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 move on to like the last couple topics, because I re- respect your time. Um, uh, like our last two things on wrestling, and that being your um, your favorite storyline of all time, and and the thing that you found the most offensive uh, 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 of all time in wrestling. Favorite storyline. I mean, I, I maybe it's two, but I always loved Hogan and Savage. Mega Powers explode. That's just so good. Fantastic um, build up to WrestleMania. Yeah. Five. Oh man, it's one of the greatest build ups of all time. Just so good, so perfect. Literally building it up for a year, if you really think about it, of, of Savage winning that title, and they literally build it up for a year. Yes, Savage is a face, and he's got different feuds, and he's shooting with Bad News Brown a little bit, and you know, a few guys here and there, but slowly, slowly building the tension, teasing the tension. Royal Rumble was awesome. Saturday Night's main event is awesome. And then, you know, he finally turns on Hogan. That's so good, but also probably tied with that. The whole NWO storyline is just so good from beginning to end. I just, maybe he didn't end the way it kind of should have, or maybe they should have ended it sooner or maybe whatever, but I just love kind of um, the way uh, they did. They, they built it up, and and what it was all about. It really changed wrestling. It brought wrestling back, as it was kind of dead for a while. Hogan, obviously, Hall and Nash were a huge part of it. But Hogan turns heel. Everybody's talking about it, um, and they kind of take off from there and bring wrestling back, because wrestling was dead. And then, you know, the rest is kind of history with there with the Monday Night Wars and the Attitude Era and everything like that. But I just loved the NWO. You throw in Crow Sting, a part of that, the whole thing, the Hogan Sting match. Maybe at Starcade wasn't great, but the build up was awesome. So. That is just, I love the mega powers exploding and I love the NWO storyline, especially when you throw Crow Sting in the mix. I just thought it was so well done and just 
excellent, excellent storyline. You throw Piper in there when he jumped in and cutting those awesome promos with Hogan, cutting those awesome promos on Bischoff. Just so, so good there. Um, as far as offensive, I don't know if I've, I've ever been offended by a, a wrestling angle, really. Uh, someone's I've been grossed out from, I guess, maybe that could be considered offensive, was like uh, the whole Katie Vick and then... Dread my mind. Triple H screw and the, the dead corpse. I was like, all right, that's that's kind of gross. Uh, <laughs> and it's not even funny. I mean, some things they do uh, that are gross that are kind of funny, like draws puking is like gross, but in a funny kind of way, that is just like, oh, come on. Totally uh, uh, poor taste, I guess you could say, screwing a... Uh, um, yeah. A dead corpse, yeah. Not not the Mr. Uh, Heine angle with Jim Ross. That was gross and totally uncalled for, <laughs> and totally unprofessional and stupid. Uh, May Young giving birth to hand, gross but funny. Uh, not not offensive at all, just kind of funny and stupid. But yeah, you're right. Actually, the, the Jim Ross thing kind of uh, annoyed me because I could tell. I mean, they're really trying to yeah, make him look bad and make him look stupid, but. He's an all-time legend. I mean, you're trying too hard to do something to a guy that you you, you can't hurt. I mean, he's just uh, he's the greatest. Okay, okay. And before we move on to like our non-wrestling subjects, you are a big, big uh, su- supporter of Hogan and Russo. Who do you think was right for the bash at the beach, two thousand? thing do do you think that hogan was right for suing russo or do or do you think that hogan um misinterpreted what was going on that's a hard one because i guess it's definitely some sort of misinterpretation but maybe by both guys because when you think about it it's like Hogan thought one one thing was going to go down, and then he sees kind of Russo maybe taking it up a notch or taking it to another level he wasn't expecting. So, mm-hmm. ooh, that that's a hard one. I always kind of thought that Hogan could have came back and they could have just worked it out and, and it would have been fine. Um, you know, no harm, no foul kind of thing, and let's, like, let's not go crazy here. Um, and obviously the prevailing idea was for him to come back and – and kind of come back okay. with that title and, and 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 feud with possibly Goldberg at the time if he was the champ or whoever was going to be the champ at the time. But, um, yeah, and I think maybe if you think about it, maybe it was just a bit misinterpreted by both guys. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like it could have been worked out. Maybe Hogan kind of took it wrong and, and didn't realize kind of what was going on there. Um, I guess he felt uh, swerved in, in, in a way. <laughs> Um, but I think that those two uh, should have sat down together. Um, you know, maybe obviously throw Brad Siegel in the room or whoever's running WCW at that point. But I think that those two should have came together. Maybe Hogan should have into a sense is like, all right, let's have a meeting and let's talk it out. I want to come back. I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, because apparently like the plans were for Hogan to stay out uh, 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 until Halloween um, Havoc. And mm-hmm. it's and which it was supposed to lead to like a match between Goldberg and Hogan. Um, mm-hmm. and, yeah, it's a rumor. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, but yeah, man. Um, and okay. Okay. When it comes to like your podcasting, um, who, um, who was the easiest interview that you've ever had? And, 
and uh, who was not the most challenging because we don't want to single no one out, but can you name some people that were uh, less than cooperative for your shows? Hmm. <sighs> Definitely. Um, well, easy. We'll, we'll do easy first, I guess, are the ones that I really enjoyed. Um, I feel like Dusty, easily one of my favorites. So easy, so smooth, just so fun. Uh, Dustin, too. Dustin Rhodes. I had him on twice. That was a so fantastic easy. show, by the way, like oh, your last thank one. You. Thank you. Mm-hmm. He's he's awesome. So easy, so smooth. Um, after I got him the first time, asked him to the next one, it was just like, yeah, when? Right now? Boom. Like, he was just... It just so accommodating too, and just so great, just so nice. I feel like um, he just definitely is great with um, you know people that want to talk to him. I guess I mean, and and fans and and interviewers. But uh, Dustin's awesome, obviously. Dusty um, Kane has been awesome. I know maybe um, uh, for the Vince Russo fans, they might not like this, but Cornette. Uh, we've actually he's him and Jim Ross have been on the most. So Cornette and, and Ross. Uh, both have been just unbelievably great. Vince Russo obviously has been on a few times. He's been awesome with us. Um, so easy, so accommodating. Uh, mm-hmm. Ask whatever you want, doesn't care. Um, he's been awesome. Um, I'm trying to think of who else is, is really, because there's so many guys. I mean, we've probably done around 500, but uh, those are the ones, let's say, Dusty Kane, Dustin, for sure, Russo, um, Cornette, Jim Ross, kind of struck all DDP. Um, uh, well, we're going to have another one coming out with him soon. He is just so easy, so smooth, so fun to chat with. I absolutely loved it. Um, always love talking to Tito Santana. Always loved my boy, just incredible. Um, so there's, Oh man, there's so many to name going back years. Glacier was so easy and fun to do. Um, there's just been, Oh man. I feel like there's just so many guys out there and there haven't actually been that many guys that have been like troublesome or, or terrible interviews. Maybe they been a little bit boxed in on some of the answers or some of the stuff they want to give. Really. Mm-hmm. The first one that always comes to my mind is bad interviews was China just because I think her mental right. state. Yeah. Her mental state at that point, she seemed like she was perhaps a little high at the time. Uh, her manager kept like saying stuff in her ear and trying to get involved. So, um, I feel like maybe she repeated herself a few times when she was on. I feel like she was a little off and obviously she passed away not that far after that, but she was a little off in her interview. I didn't think that, that she uh, was really kind of that great. Uh, as far as some other ones, I can't really think of any ones that were just um, hard or bad. Maybe some ones that were just hard to, to break out of their shell. Um, maybe not on purpose. Maybe just one of those things. Maybe they were a little bit more guarded, but she's always kind of the first one I get about when I think of not uh, great interviews just because of kind of the way she was and not saying anything bad, but Brad Maddox as well. I just, that's another one I always think of. Like he was just um, maybe guarded, I guess would be the way to say it just wasn't kind of what you expected him to be um, as far as maybe not as friendly. Um, I know Chavo Sr., Chavo Guerrero Sr., he was good until certain questions kind of (laughs) got to him, and he didn't like some questions. Um, I just always remember that. Uh, But everybody else was was pretty good and pretty fun. I always think that we had on Ken Shamrock a few times. I always think that it's 
challenging because he is intimidating as hell. So you're like, oh shit, you know, you, you don't want to ask him uh, the wrong question, but he's he was easy and he was nice. It's just kind of in your head, you're thinking, man, he's this is an intimidating guy, he's the world's most dangerous man. And I don't want to ask him the wrong question. But yep. uh, hard, there haven't been really with all the interviews, there hasn't been too many guys where you, know, you think of like hard or rough or um, really somebody that that was too negative. I mean, for the most part, I'd say, you know, 90% or so have really been positive. Um, who is your dream interview that you have not done yet? Gotta be the Hulkster or sting or the two guys that are, um, Definitely, definitely the, the top two on my list uh, as far as just all-time favorites. Daniel Bryan, got to throw him in there as well. Would love to uh, interview Daniel Bryan as well. Okay, okay. And which, which like for me, um, I'm – which I've been doing my show for like the past year and a half, and I'm trying like to slowly build up like my guest and everything else. And I currently I'm going – um, like my first wrestler uh, that I, that that I have booked that I have like a date nailed down with. Um, it is Dust Wonder Kid, Alex Wright. So I'm super excited, like to talk to him. Oh, um, awesome! Do nice, you, nice. Yes. Um, do you have any? advice for me on how to deal like with wrestlers during these interviews um when it comes like the proper etiquette well alex right we've had on a couple of years ago he was great super friendly nice guy uh pretty much open to any questions um whenever i do the interviews I just always think of like be professional, you know, how, how really, um, do you want to come off? Like for instance, you don't want want to sandbag anybody with any like controversial questions or, or anything that would really piss them off or anything like that. Maybe when you get comfortable with them or maybe towards the end of, end of the interview, you can get to some controversial topics. Um, I just always, the way I do it, I know some interviewers don't care, but just the way I am, I try to be professional and respectful of them and their time. And just, you know, you don't want to be rude to them and ask them, you know, questions that, that they really are uncomfortable with, or maybe just may not want to answer. I mean, Alex, right. I'm, I'm sure it will be an open book and he'll be nice and cool. And there's a lot of good topics and I know he'll have a lot of good answers for you, um, but always be respectful and mindful um, of, of the wrestlers. Obviously this is their life and this is their craft. It's something that they make their money in the way they, you know, um, feed the kids and feed the family and afford to live their lifestyle. So always be super respectful of them and the craft, which I'm sure you, you know that obviously, but it's just yes. one of those things that, um, I feel like some interviews out there can be a little, I don't know, a little too controversial. They try to be. And if that's not kind of what you're reading in that situation, if they're not going to want to go into the controversial topics, I, I just wouldn't go there. You know what I mean? It's just one of those things you could steer away from that stuff and still have a great interview. Yes, sir. Uh, thank you for that. And, um, but as in terms of like the nicest wrestlers that I've ever met, I, um, Probably the top three for me. Um, number one is Mick Foley. 
hands down. Um, uh, me, my wife, and, and my kids, we went to a show down in Sumter, South Carolina. Um, it was the uh, big time wrestling uh, show, and Mick was so nice. He was an open book um, and just straight up. I had nothing but a wonderful experience with him. And my son doesn't even know who like the guy is and said, that's one of the coolest guys that I've ever met. Um, I love him. Uh, Back in 2005, me and my dad, we went to a pay-per-view up in Pittsburgh, uh, no way out. Um, And we got the opportunity to go backstage and meet um, like the big show and Eddie Guerrero and Mr. Guerrero was the second nicest wrestler that, that I've ever met. He was more concerned, like with talking about God than just speaking about himself. And before this time, I, I, I wasn't a Christian. So, I mean, which I was more starstruck with him than focusing on what like the man like was saying. But now that I am a Christian, I see, and now I value that more than ever. Uh, the third nicest would have to be one half of the greatest NWA tag team champions of all time. Ricky Morton. Um, he was freaking awesome as well. Um, so, 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 so nice signed everything that I wanted. I mean, like he took pictures with me, my family, everything um, for, for you. Who are some wrestlers that like were super nice to you that like you really, really, it, it, you, you really blown away with their kindness whenever you met them. Mick Foley, for sure, is I've met him a few times. Just one of the nicest guys, really, just crazy nice. Sting, I met him a couple times. Almost crazy. He like doesn't realize he's Sting. He's so humble. Like when you when you tell him stuff and talk to him, you know, about his career and stuff. Just so nice. It's ridiculous. It's like you almost want to say Sting. You know, you're Sting, right? I mean, hello. Like you don't have to be so humble. Uh, you know, but he's super nice. Um, possibly the nicest guy wrestling wise ever met might be Hogan. Uh, obviously, Sting and Foley would be tied, but Hogan is up there. I've met him on really? numerous, yeah, numerous occasions. He is so nice, so good, and so accommodating to the fans is ridiculous i was at a uh, signing with him once and they said no pictures and there was you know there was people and handicapped they were in their handicap chairs and stuff and in their wheelchairs and and you know they just mean people are saying no pictures and hulk goes you you, get out of the way like put down the security yeah he goes who wants a picture he and he walked around and took pictures even though he wasn't quote-unquote supposed to take pictures because he wasn't there it was just for a book signing he wasn't supposed to they wanted because he wanted him to be quick on the line and he didn't care I mean, and after people hung out after he took pictures afterwards, took a picture of me and my buddy. Um, he made Jimmy Hart, who was with him. He made Jimmy Hart get in the photo. Just so cool. And he and you listen to him talk to the other fans and he wanted to make the experience mean something. So each person he'd say something different or they talk about something and he'd bring something up. So he was really cool. Um Roddy Piper, absolutely. Um, literally, like the line would be taking forever. Like, why is it taking forever? He would sit you down. He'd have a conversation with you. He'd really want to talk to you and like learn something about you. It was just so cool. It's like, wow, the Roddy Piper. What do I mean? What do you? 
you know, I could talk to you forever. What do you care about me for? You know, he's like, ah, oh, you know, your family and stuff. So he was cool. Bruno San Martino is just unbelievably nice. Um, I know people will be shocked by this, but Cornette, when you actually meet him and, and obviously being a fan of his, he is super, super nice. Uh, we'll sign whatever you want. We'll give you free autographs, uh, you know, whatever, you know, what, whatever you need. He did. He does for you. Super nice. Um, so had really good experiences with some really big names. Like can't get much bigger than Hogan and Piper. And they're just super, super nice to their fans. Well, I mean, um, which like with Jim Cornette, something that I can definitely say is that you speak about someone that is accommodating towards his fans Jim is probably one of the best out there, period. Um, and I can't speak negatively when it comes to Jim and his fans whatsoever. Um, now, and I know some people hearing this won't like me saying this, but probably the worst experience from a meeting a wrestler that I've ever met was John Cena. Um, John, when I heard him, see. You've heard that too. Yep. Uh, when I was at the pay-per-view back in 2005, uh, I wanted to meet John and get like a picture with him. And John had a group of people. He, John had handlers back in 2005. Okay. And his handlers said that John, um, he was done signing for the day. He was done taking pictures and sorry, but catch him next time. And I'm thinking to myself, this is the make a wish dude. And yet he can't even take two seconds, like to take a picture with me. So Ray Mysterio saw that and said, Hey buddy, you come over here and Ray signed a bunch of my stuff and Ray took pictures with me because Ray like was a really, uh, was extremely nice to me as well. So awesome. like, I'm just saying, yep. So like, I'm sorry, do John Cena fans, the majority of what you see, like with his image, Mr. Make-A-Wish and everything else, that's a big, huge PR thing. Which I'm sure that there's a bunch of kids where it made their day. Okay. And I'm not doubting that, but John, he, right. he seems fake to me. Okay. I'm sorry, guys. Don't take it as you will. But John seemed fake to me. That's all. But, uh, I, uh you know what? Well, I, I know a lot of people that know him personally and, and very, very well. And, um, and I know people that have met him like on, on a fan basis and they yeah. said he was horrible to them, but they had a, um, a, their kid with them, and he was great with a kid. So, and that's yeah. kind of what I always hear: he's great with children. He is terrible um, with adults. Um, yeah. He he is a bit of a, a phony persona. Uh, I'm sure a lot of them are, and I'm sure you know we'll never really truly know about a lot of people. But they say. Uh, with him, he's he's very phony, and I know somebody knows him like super super well, and they said it's yeah. all an act. And then um, that thing came out the other day with the Make a Wish kid, and that was great about the Make a Wish kid. But um, this person just kind of informed me that did you notice like the camera was there? Did you notice PR person was there? Did you notice um, he had a first class flight to the person's house? Uh, you know all this like little stuff you don't really think about. Like in the back yep. ends, like he was doing something really, really nice. And, and I, you know, commend him for that. And he probably really does appreciate that, you know, he was making that wish for that kid. 
but mm. there was a little bit of PR stuff with that. Like, why were they taking a picture of that? Why was you know what I mean? That that's one of those things where you do charity and it shouldn't be said and shouldn't be known. Nobody knew George Steinbrenner was like the most you know charitable person ever. He literally told them like, you're not supposed to say anything. You don't know, don't do it. People would eventually after he passed, you found out what you with all this charity and stuff he did, but. If he really wanted to be like John Cena, he'd be taking the pictures. He'd be doing this. He'd be telling people he's doing all this charity. Yeah. And I know Make-A-Wish does a lot of that stuff because it's it's really kind of goodwill and stuff. But Cena, I've heard, is good with kids, complete phony with adults, almost uh, a-hole-ish um, as far as pictures and, and uh, signatures and stuff. Uh, I know a, a friend of mine saw him in the city. And literally got a blurry picture with him because Cena said, uh, yeah, if you can keep up with me to take the picture. And wow. Like, and like, you know, he didn't want to be noticed. So it was like, wow, that's kind of kind of a little rude. So it's basically the picture. You could tell it's Cena, but it's blurry. So I was like, oh. <laughs> it's like uh, like a hole ish. Like I know for a fact um, Hogan has stopped. If not to, you know, carp on him or anything, stop the picture. I know Goldberg uh, once got stopped um, after a show um, and, and literally made sure he, I think it was like two hours or something. And he was signing and they were like begging him to leave people um, from the company were begging him to leave. And he wanted to make sure he finished all the autographs. So, I mean, there's some real genuine good wrestlers out there, but Cena is definitely not one of them. I hate to, you know, obviously not going to burst your bubble, but anybody yeah. listening that thinks he's this great guy, I hate to burst their bubble. Oh, and, uh, just really, really quick too, uh, which it r- reminds me, um, because uh, Shane Douglas lives so close to where I'm from. Uh, Shane shopped at a mall, uh, like my hometown mall, uh, which, out of respect for Shane, I'm not going to name it, um, and literally. There were times where Shane would go like to Dick's Sporting Goods and he would be stopped by crowds of people. And Shane like would be in he he would be in like a hurry, but he would stop, take pictures with every single person and sign every single thing uh, 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 until like the last person was taken care of and that is someone that truly is grateful for their fans and i greatly respect shane for that so i mean just because i would be because i've had nothing but great experiences with the guy and that's partially why i I love you you guys shows so much too um now john we could talk about wrestling all night now um when it comes to you sir you are a father you are a husband now we talk about some great experiences like with wrestling are you wrestling and everything else but when it comes to you being a dad and you being a husband what brings you joy with those two things like name some things like that have lit up your face like the 4th of July when it comes to those two blessings in your life I uh, just love obviously love my wife I uh, love my two kids I got a son and a daughter just absolutely uh, adore them it's just uh, so much fun and, and like exciting waking up in the morning 
um, my daughter singing. It's just funny to hear her in the monitor here singing. My son just always, he always comes running in the room and God knows just whatever funny thing is on his mind that morning. Like, Hey, uh, I forgot the Lego blocks downstairs or, you know, something silly and, and, and crazy that he just, you know, thought of us for the moment. That always kind of gets me in the morning. I'm always like ready. Um, whenever my alarm goes off, the, and I know he's going to come kind of running in and say something crazy to me and my wife. It just, I always laugh and just, uh, smile just thinking like, wow, this is, <laughs> well, I don't know where he gets the stuff or what's on his mind, but it's just, uh, funny to think of some of that stuff and the games he likes just makes up out of thin air and wants to play, you know, well, even, even if I'm working or working from home or something, he's always like, Oh, let's play this or let's do plants versus zombies or, you know, something crazy that he enjoys and likes and, um, you know, watches on TV, but wants to play out. And, um, it's sometimes he'll want to know about like it's my old school wrestling figures and stuff. And he'll come in my office and start playing and he'll remember obviously macho man and stuff. And I, you know, taught him who that was and he'll do, do the voice. Cause I've taught him the voice and just, you know, just a lot of fun stuff around the house. I just absolutely, uh, love it. And just think it's just so much fun with the kids. They're just, you never know really what's on their mind or what they're going to say or what they're going to do next. I love the unpredictability. It's usually something funny or just something silly and always kind of, uh, strikes a chord with me, either laughing or, you know, you just, you know, you just smile at it. Nice. Nice, man. And like for, um, and something I must say, like with being a dad, uh, from like my view, um, just knowing that God loves me so much that he's willing to let me take care of two of his children. That's that I have a woman that loves me so much that she was willing to risk her life multiple times just to give me my kids knowing that I don't really deserve it. It's, 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 it blows me away. It's extremely humbling and it's really, really just such an amazing thing. And for, and for like the parents out there that truly take their kids for granted, keep this in mind that the way that your kids turn out, not only are they rep, but they are lead that could make an, that can make a huge impact on the world. Uh, that could change the world. For all you know, your kid has a cure for cancer. For all you know, your kid could be the next president. So please don't take it for granted. Please invest. Please, you, you, if your children are really into something, don't discourage them, encourage them, love them, motivate them. I mean, just it's just which I'm so passionate when it comes like to being a dad. I mean, it just blows me away. And like with my wife, um, which I tell like my wife constantly, um, you must have felt sorry for me because I got married to a woman that's out of my league, which I'm not complaining. Don't get me wrong, but by God, I'm just mornings. I wake up and think to myself, God, I'm blessed and God, I'm lucky. I just can't complain, man. And just, um, and I just, and it's just, I have a wonderful family. I have a wonderful job. Oh yeah. And speaking of that, um, last night I was, 
trying to help a customer get something off of a shelf before I clocked out. And which, which as soon as I turned around and I got the stuff off the shelf, the person was in an electric cart and they ran over my foot. Oh God. Oh yeah. It, it, it broke three Man. on my toes. Were they drunk? Yes. Yes. They were drunk. Wait, were they really? Oh, I was joking. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's why that I wasn't able to do that show last night because needless to say, I was hurting. So, yeah, man, I just want to say, man, just, it, yeah, just people are crazy. And, and like for me, uh, with like working at Walmart and stuff, there's many misconceptions that people have over the company, but, but, but like the honest truth is that they pay me well, like the benefits are great and they're a good company. Um, but they might be, uh, but when it comes like the great companies, from what I was reading on your Twitter, you work for Rolling Stone or you worked for them or you're still working for them or what's that about? No, no. It, um, they actually had at one point in time, Rolling Stone uh, rated us as one of the top podcast to listen to for some reason they relegated it to 18 maybe that's how we snuck on there uh, because they did okay. an odd, a weird number like that 18 but no one of rolling stones um top podcasts and they've covered the show before um in in um, on their online site just some interviews that we've done i don't even remember which ones but uh they've just um kind of i guess been a or were a closet fan of uh, two-man power trip for whatever reason we just thought that was really cool i would just like to put that out there because you know that was a pretty great accomplishment for sure very very nice because like straight up i mean there's thousands of wrestling podcasts out there and the fact that you're recognized by one of the biggest magazines in in the world that's a big accomplishment right there now you you guys are you guys are kicking ass and you guys and you guys are taking names right now where do you see yourself in two three four five years in mexico what 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 when it comes to like your podcast empire Man, that's a great question. I'm not even sure. I feel like we keep growing and growing. We have so many shows going on right now in so many different places. I just think hopefully uh, whew, maybe uh, maybe getting our own network or something or maybe teaming up with some big network and putting all our shows on a network like that because we've got so much going on. Don't want to keep like the uh, the momentum stop you know we want to keep the ball rolling keep that momentum going i'd like to do uh, even more shows and do some other things uh we got some other ideas and some other shows kind of uh on the uh on the horizon as well and like to see them all succeed and maybe start doing some uh some live shows with the uh the podcast as well that would be fun oh yeah like that would um and just like with what Eli Drake says, you guys want that gravy train to keep going. So, yes. I mean, and, yes. and, uh, and, uh, John brother, we can talk all night, but like I said, I respect and value your time. And from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for joining me on, uh, on inspire like Christopher. And there's two things left brother. And that is plugs 
and the inspired song of the week. Okay, first off, where can all the fans find you that have not heard you yet? The very few that that haven't heard you guys yet, where can they find you? We are on Apple Podcasts, aka iTunes. I guess we'll formerly iTunes, now Apple Podcasts. We're on Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your uh, podcast. We are definitely available everywhere and anywhere. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. And then we got so many other stuff going on, so many other shows. If you go over to uh, Launchpad, which is Podcast One, we got Rick Bassman's Talking Tough. We got the University of Dutch with Dutch Mantel on MLW Radio. Obviously, on Russo's brand, we have um, the Triple Threat Podcast with Shane Douglas. And, of course, Dr. Tom Pritchard taking you to school, which is on the two-man power trip of wrestling feed. And, of course, the two-man power trip has our feature shows and our, most importantly, our flagship interview shows where we have uh, so many interviews coming out. And like I said, and in, in whenever this comes out, we will pro- probably be uh, – around episode 450 which is coming up very very soon uh with a very old school wwf flavor to it great great guest already recorded that one so that is it's going to be awesome um very rare i don't know if i've ever seen or heard him do a podcast before so uh it's gonna be a good one very very nice and for the people with the triple threat podcast Keep this in mind. No, it's not free, but get this guys like for less than a buck a week, you can get the realm network and hear the triple threat podcast. It's only three 95 a month. Not only do you get the triple threat podcast with John, with Chad, with the franchise, Shane Douglas, but you get a ton of fantastic programming with with Stevie Ray, with the Disco Inferno, with Just Incredible, with Francine, with Russo, I mean, wait, Big Vito, I can go on and on and on and on. Legends of Wrestling Galore. So, guys, it's less than it's less than a buck a week. It's only three ninety five a month, and and by doing that, you can help John help. You can help John build his empire even more and help reach more diehard wrestling fans out there like he's reached me. And and I just want to say, before we go tonight, that you can catch me on Twitter at IAMCHM911. You can catch me on the Reality Check Podcasting Network, led by the president, CEO, and owner, Mr. Johnny Podcasting, Mr. John Wangland. You could check out his program in Wrestling With Reality. Uh, the the Rad Turtles podcast with Rad Rob. You could check out Wrestling Anonymous with John Wangland and Richie Reardon. Just thinking with Stan Wangland. And holy crap, I'm blanking here, guys. But there's, we have plenty of other fantastic shows on there. I'm sorry, it's late. I'm tired. But guys, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for joining us. We love you. We're grateful. And John, we're going to have to have you on again, man, because we can go on and on and on and on. Now, um, before we go tonight, I always ask my guests to pick a song that means a lot to them, whether that it's like a wrestling song, a rock song, something that that symbolizes a pivotal moment in your life for you. Do, do you have a song in mind that we can end the show with? 
You know, it's interesting because Shane Douglas was just asking me not that long ago. He said, what was the song the day you were born? Or what was like, what was the number one hit basically the day you were born? So I looked it yeah. up and it was Eye of the Tiger by Survivors. And one of the songs, because of Rocky, obviously, I've just loved, and I didn't even know that until recently, but I just always loved that song. And hey, maybe it was because it was the number one hit when I was born. So I always loved uh, Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. Plus, a fun fact is that was Hulk Hogan's theme as yes. well. Yes, yes, you're right. The original. So possibly why I love the theme too. That could be the reason. You're right. So, so there you go. So, like, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us, Mr. John Paz, brother. Thank you so much for your time. It is greatly appreciated. Uh, this is truly an honor. I am so grateful. Um, and please join us again soon here, here, here on Inspire the Christopher. Do you have any last words, brother? No, just thank you so much for, for having me. I appreciate uh, your time as well. And uh, sorry it took so long for me to come on, but I, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Love talking wrestling. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. And thank you, guys. You have a safe, blessed, and joyous week. Peace out.